0: Outkick 360 is back. It's the Tennessee Power Hour alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson, David Reed making the show happen for us. Uh, talking Titans to begin the Tennessee Power Hour. going to get to the Preds and the latest on the Tennessee Volunteers as well. If you're watching on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe to the page. Uh, retweet on Twitter and share the link on Facebook wherever you may be watching today. If you're listening on the podcast... We hope you'll subscribe, leave us a review, and a rating as well. We appreciate you for doing that. Guys, uh, we sent out the poll. Should the Titans have been aware of Rashard, uh, Rashad Weaver's uh, incident in Pittsburgh prior to the draft, uh, where Paul reported y- yesterday and uh, reiterated this morning on the show, if you missed the first hour, go back and watch that, that three teams of the five he contacted Admit that they did know that Weaver had this going on uh, prior to draft day on day three. So if they knew, should the Titans have known before selecting them in the fourth round? You can vote on Outkick360's Twitter page right now where, Chad, do you have the the latest Yeah, update. we're up
1: over 600 votes. 84%, yes, the Titans should have known. 16%, no, they should not have known.
0: 100% unanimous here for us. Yes, they should have known. Uh, if three other teams knew, uh, the percentages would go up as you poll other scouts around the league if three of the five that Paul contacted uh, would know. And his attorney uh, came out and, and denied all allegations and said they, they can't wait for further legal recourse with all of this. Uh, but, you know, also, they were sitting around waiting on the media. To find this out before they did anything to get in front of this news. And that led to Rashad Weaver being drafted on Saturday, quite frankly.
2: And look, it'd be great if for the Titans. It'd be great for Rashad Weaver if it turns out that uh, the determination's made that he uh, is innocent of, of, of what he's charged with here. The bell has still been rung, however, that in official documentation of this, he said. Well, it was the, I, I don't, paraphrasing, I wouldn't hesitate to hit a woman if she needed it, or something along those lines. That's a bad bell to ring that's going to echo, and that he's going to answer for, be asked about r- repeatedly. John Robinson's going to be asked about it, Mike Vrabel's going to be asked for, about it, and Rashad Weaver's going to be asked about it. And even if this case goes away, uh, legally, that's on the record. <laughs> Uh, and that, that's going to linger. Well, and it's, so
1: many people are, and, and you can interact with us on Twitter, and we hope that you do, at Outkick360. Hit us up on Facebook also, uh, wherever you can find us on social media. That's how we'll interact
0: with you during the show. And we won't block you for disagreeing with us on
1: Yeah, some, some institutions will block you. We will not. Say whatever the heck you want. We're big boys. Um, one of these ideas that people have about all of this is, and we have heard it earlier with Joe Mixon, You take this chance, and it's going to be done in a month, and if the guy's out there playing well, no one's going to care about this issue later on, right? The difference with that is the difference between taking a calculated risk on someone with a very visible incident that's awful, which that is what this appears to be with Rashad Weaver, and being blindsided and fooled and taking a guy that you later find out has an incident. That's what has happened here. That's completely different. This would be the same as... I'm an athletic director at a college, I decided to, decide to hire Rick Pitino away from Iona right. to lead my program, knowing everything that happened at Louisville, knowing everything in the NCAA past, knowing I'm going to get hit by the media for doing so, but knowing he's a great coach, he's going to win, and I'm willing to take that chance, as opposed to hiring Rick Pitino as the news at Louisville breaks, right? <laughs> and then taking that burden on. The Trey Smith draft, and we talked about you draft Trey Smith, he falls because you're taking the medical burden on of what the medical staff at Tennessee had to do to keep him eligible and keep him healthy to play. So you know you're taking that on. There's a big difference. I want to separate the difference between drafting Jeffrey Simmons, knowing the past, drafting Joe Mixon, knowing the past, and how you're going to get hit, and not knowing at all when other teams knew. Huge difference. Huge difference between those.
2: And then, then you have questions like, was he honest with you? Did you ask him some? Uh, did you ask him any questions? Did you ask him something close to the right question? Was he evasive? You know, uh, I'd be very curious to know if and when the Titans made that pre-draft call to him. If you touch on the right topic, hey, you had anything going on lately? You know, did did he offer you enough? And then, you know, is it on your scout that he didn't follow up? sufficiently in that conversation to get enough to know that there was something to look into that could be on the scout or did your scout ask those questions and was he not forthcoming enough you've got questions potentially on both sides of that
0: and see my my question now and, and for those who say oh let the legal process play out of course i mean of course we will but it's still fair to ask the question why didn't the titans know when other teams knew because they didn't know last year about Isaiah Wilson, clearly, and they didn't know this year, which they admitted in their statement. So if we're being open and honest with what we're thinking behind the scenes as an organization, I would be putting myself in that situation going, okay, how do we change this up to where we don't make this three for three in 2022? Because this is unacceptable if other organizations have something that that they're doing right that we're not figuring out in the scouting process, and the vetting process of players.
2: You want me to set Chad off here? Yes. It'll set you off too, it's, but it'll it'll set you off too, but it'll really set Chad oh,
0: off. Oh offensive tackle, oh, here we go. I'm
2: nervous. Um so one of the scouts I spoke with yesterday.
0: Um, oh here we go. About uh, Isaiah Wilson.
2: One of the scouts <laughs> I one of the scouts uh, no, I sh- Paul don't <laughs> <laughs> 2 against 1. We always go Go ahead. No, Go ahead. We always go, go majority. Go. I vote yes. Go I ahead. Go yes. yeah, go. Go. One of the scouts I spoke with yesterday, I said, you know, this this really kind of compounds things for the Titans uh, on top of the Isaiah Wilson thing last year and he said, "Boy, that guy gave me bad vibes last year." <laughs> he said he was just so weird.
1: <laughs>
2: this was pre-draft. Of course.
1: Do you have any info on who that Southeast Scout is for the Titans? (laughs) You have the Northeast Scout. Uh, I'd like to know the name of the Southeast Scout, if that's the case. the,
0: The word weird doesn't bother me, though. Well, but uh, Hutton didn't
2: find him weird. That, lazy. I don't
0: well, you could be weird and be an but elite athlete. Yeah, the way he Aaron said "Aaron Rodgers is weird," I,
2: I understand. But the way he said "weird" was the uh, the weird that was like I don't want to be lazy
0: and fat, I don't or, or, or two, two that descriptions guy. that I wouldn't draft. That, but I, the
2: way he said "weird," Hutton was the kind of weird I don't. Off, I, I don't something's want off. That guy. I got you. I got you. Something's guy. off. Not.
1: So, not, not is, like uh, he's into eccentric. Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Right. Aaron Rodgers is eccentric, right? Yeah. He's, you know, I, I love Aaron Rodgers' arm. But Take him really, off the board. He's really into Star Wars, and I found that weird. I think that's yeah, more eccentric. Not that kind of Into win. Pokemon. He's off the board. Yeah. Yeah. Get him out. Much like if you opted out of last year. If you're into Pokemon, get the hell out. GTFO. You're off the board at that point. No, that, that is disturbing, Paul. And I know what you're saying. It's more of a the vibe you got and the vibe he got was something's off. Yes, There's something not right about this prospect, and I'm not going to touch it. And we know that, who
2: did not have that feeling.
1: Chad, your thoughts? Uh, disgusted <laughs> by that. And, I mean, I just keep going back to guys, and we'll go back to Isaiah Wilson then tie the knot with Rashad Weaver. All of these things can't happen and something not be terribly wrong with the prospect. And you are doing a – I want to cuss right here, but I won't – a terrible job at that point of not finding that because all of these things can't happen. I get it if you get unlucky and a guy never had any problem, never had any issue with coaching, never had any issue with teammates, and he makes a horrific mistake when he gets to your your team. But then he spends the rest of the time trying to make up for that mistake and rejoin the team and do what's right by the coaches and the team. That's one thing you can then claim, you know, we did a thorough job Mm -hmm. vetting this guy and he made a huge mistake. He owns it, we're gonna to try to move forward with him. This is a line of mistakes like we've never seen that led to the guy being out of the league and a guy who clearly didn't even wanna play football. That's more than just a, you know, uh, we got a good report from Sam Pittman as offensive line coach and, well, we can't believe this happened. I mean, there's there's something else going on. And I'll say this to John Robinson and Mike Vrabel, who I think are both very smart guys and overall very competent at their vocation. I think. Mike Vrabel's a good NFL head coach. He's a good football coach. He's a smart dude. I think John Robinson's a good NFL GM, smart dude. I like both of them in my interaction with them. Now is not the time to be a smartass. Now is not the time to show everyone in the room how good you are at your job and talk about how your process is this or your process is that. If you were John Robinson, now is the time when you meet with the media to say, we need to reevaluate everything because this can't happen. Regardless if it's unlucky or whatever it is, this can't happen again. We're going to work with the authorities. We're going to work with Rashad Weaver. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to figure that out, and that will all play itself out. But we can't have this happen again. I don't want another Zoom press conference where it's them talking circles around the media trying to prove that they're more clever than everyone in that Zoom chat. Show some accountability. Now's the time to step up and say, you know, we do need to reevaluate some things about how we scout and what we're looking into, because that's something we got to catch. Well, he's good. Regardless of the timing and everything else, look, timing, bad luck, all of that, whatever. Regardless of it, Paul, you have the report, at least three teams knew of the five you talked to. If you talk to the whole league, if you want to bear that out and show a ratio, that's three to two across the league that knew you were in the minority that did not know. And you drafted the guy. So however you got to that point... Figure out a way to make it better. It's actually three and, and three, because we know the Titans that, know. Look, I'll right. be the first. I'm, I've been very critical of this whole thing 50%. from yeah, the beginning. Right. But I'll be the first to raise man and say, good job. Step, Stand up there and say, we need to reevaluate. We need to look at our scouts, reevaluate that situation. We need to look at our, our process and our evaluations and figure out our security department, all of it. Just, I'm not saying go in there with a machete and start firing everyone. Right. I'm saying... Put everything on the table and say how can we make this better. I want him to say that.
2: Here's here's uh, what I think will happen as opposed to uh, what should happen. Um, he's very good at my bad, right? Said it with Vic Beasley. Said it with um, Kevin Dodd, right? My my mistake. Got to do better. All of those things. I think if this comes to uh, Isaiah head, Wilson too, head like that, right? I think he'll say that if if it needs to be said. But in terms of fixing stuff, they don't say it on the front end. They do it and show you. So this defense was very bad. They never came out and said, boy, you know, we can't rush the pass, or, boy, a secondary really needs to be revamped. But they've shown us they believe that by changing it. And so if we see transactions in the scouting department, or uh, yeah. or changes on the website and who's in the security department or whatever, then we'll know, Chad, that they think along the lines. But he's not going to come out and say those things. I, I, I just doubt don't, it very I, but seriously. I don't.
1: I don't know what's wrong with some transparency. I I don't know what's wrong with There's saying it. There's some ego. There's a little
2: bit of ego involved there. But
1: so you're going to make. So we're going to have to go to the directory to see that they have accountability to find out who they fired and who they didn't. Probably. I mean, honestly, my, my ego. <laughs> Screenshot that directory now. I don't get, like, we all have an ego or we wouldn't be in this business, right? I mean, us included. Everyone that's in front of a camera or does a job with any type of leadership probably has some sort of ego. But to me, your ego should tell you that you should stand in front of a camera and a microphone and say, I think of myself as one of the best GMs in this league, and I've got to be better. And we're going to look at everything and find out how to not make this happen again. And it falls on me first and foremost. I'm not blaming anyone else. we got to figure it out. Unfortunate timing, but we got to figure out how to make it better. I don't think that's unreasonable, and I would not look at John Robinson any worse. I'd look at him much better if he did that. Or if any coach or GM or athletic director or owner said that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not hurting your ego or putting a dent in it. You know what to me hurts your reputation and the public's perception of you? If you make excuses or belittle people asking legitimate questions, that's what makes your reputation suffer across the league. Here's
2: the comparison I'm going to draw. Um, I was upset, and I think a lot of people were in my camp with what Mike Grable didn't do with the defensive staff after this season. right? And I wrote harshly, it has got to be some new blood here. And all you did when you announced the staff was you added – a guy from Vanderbilt as the assistant defensive line coach. And otherwise, it's all the same. And there's kind of a feeling here that I alone can fix it, you know, which we've heard in a a bigger scope before. And I I just thought it's such a bad look that you don't feel like you need an outside voice. Look, you're the boss, and we know it. You're a good coach, and we know it. But there were some serious problems here, and how can you not conclude that an outside set of eyeballs, um, with different perspective, could come in and be of assistance to you and help to this staff? And ultimately, wound up with Jim Schwartz, who's just the kind of person uh, I'm thinking of, right? Slight connection in that they they both have relationships with Belichick, but Schwartz is his way back at the very beginning of his career. You know, little stamp of approval from your guy—that's fine. But you're not from the same tree. You're different. And so I look now at Robinson along that. And I, I've said this all along. You guys know I've said you've got all these young scouts that are just kind of like, these are minions, kind of, right? I don't picture these guys standing on the table and going against John. I picture these guys are doing what John's trained them to do, which is one way to do it, right? But I've also said that's why they're not really producing sixth and seventh round guys that have a shot because that's when scouts get their guys, right? And these scouts are very inexperienced for the most part. And so if, if, the, if the regional scout, Patrick Calloway, was the foundational scout for Rashad Weaver and the check-in scout for Rashad Weaver is 27 years old. 27. Three years older than Rashad Weaver himself. I don't want to be bashing pa- Patrick Calloway. I don't know him. That's kind of the point. You don't know a guy who's 27, you know? You need some old hats in there. I don't go
0: to the 27-year-old as much as I go. I mean, They have a A director of of college scouting. Uh, They have a vice president of player personnel. They have a director of player personnel. Sure. And they have a general manager. Sure.
2: But the point person with these guys, the the real face-to-face contact, if you will, outside of COVID, the guy who's on the campus the most, all of that, is the Patrick Calloway-level guy. And so, to he's me, he's the guy who
1: would have that last phone call to ask
2: about any changes. Probably. And so, I, I'm saying the way that Vrabel came around to add somebody like Schwartz, I think that thinking is what I'd like to see from Robinson, where well it mix up the staff a little bit.
0: They can get defensive and prickly, and you know, how dare you ask these questions behind the scenes? I think we know them well enough. They have to be asking these them same themselves. questions that we're asking. They just How don't does want this to happen ask. again, where we don't know and other teams know? So don't be pissed How does at does it
2: us. Happen? If you're asking the same questions yourself, you can't be pissed at us asking them.
1: Well, It, it makes you look uh, bad, we understand, but I mean, you look bad. You it's did. just perfectly reasonable to just fall on the sword and say, you know, we're asking ourselves the same question, and we're looking into it. We've got we, to we reassess gotta figure this things. out because bottom line is, maybe unlucky, but we're the one out of 32 teams that drafted a guy who had an arrest for hitting a woman that came out after the fact. Allegedly. So we have to reevaluate. Well, not, not well, allegedly. He's been charged with hitting a woman. He's not allegedly charged. He was charged. Allegedly hit a woman, yeah. But he's he was charged for it. Yeah, so we sorry. have to figure out why that is. Um, Brian on Twitter asked this question, one I've seen a lot also, Paul. Someone may have asked this already, but at what point is it on the NFL to obligate that all teams who discover such crucial brand-impacting intel immediately share with the league and the league can disseminate to all clubs?
2: Yeah, I. I think – I was asked this yesterday, and my initial reaction is, if I outscout you, I've got to have an advantage for outscouting you. I don't you. want that to happen.
1: I, I, well, I, I love also, the idea that
0: other teams can do their own research their own way, and it can create an advantage that there's way. There's also leaks of information and false team reports. Team
2: and false reports. You know,
0: and, that just get, get caught in the minutia of, of the, the draft season, you know.
2: If it happens earlier, it does get out. I mean, the media plays a role in this, right? Sure. He's a star at Pitt. If this had happened a little bit earlier, if it had been filed in, in in the Pittsburgh Magisterial Court, as it was, and if it had been filed on Thursday instead of on Monday, this reporter in Pittsburgh would have had it and it would have been out. And the league would have known about it. And that's not the league disseminating it. It's not a team that finds it taking to the league the league to disseminate it. It's the press.
1: Let me give you, for instance, uh, if he played at Tennessee and this happened in Knoxville, it would have been out with the media there because there's a lot more media outlets covering that team. and there would have been noise about the incident
2: or the even before
1: it, it leaked in terms of the actual public summons, there would have been talk right. about message boards, somebody in the border somewhere, they would have been tipped off about, hey, the all-American was involved in something at a bar last night. We all saw it. This happened. In a city like Pittsburgh, you can be anonymous if you're a Pitt Panther. Right. Right? There's big pro sports teams there. You can kind of fall into it, and you don't go out and everyone knows who you a are. A Vanderbilt guy if can probably shop, be anonymous yeah, in Nashville. A
2: USC a college player. town is a different thing.
1: In L.A., a USC player can get lost in the right. sea of celebrities yeah. in, in L.A. If you're in Knoxville, Tennessee, and you're an All-American, and you're out at a bar and uh, cops show up because a woman threw a drink on you, yeah. there's going to be people tipping off reporters about it. Those reporters are going to look into it. The Titans would have gotten the benefit of that right. because that story would have been out there This first. is college, town versus, college town
2: versus city.
1: Well, and there's some places, and I'll give you the example that I always bring up. I think Athens, Georgia media protects the team. Right. I think there's things that happen with Isaiah Wilson from people I know that were brushed under the rug, that involved police. in in Athens, Georgia. I think that they handle things through Kirby Smart and that the media handles things through Kirby Smart. They don't want to be the media outlet that makes the program look bad. And I think there's a a deal going on there. And that's not exclusive to Georgia. This is a lot of uh, SEC football haven, small-town-type places. Not that Athens is the smallest town in the SEC, but you get my point. If, If it was in Knoxville, it would have been out. If it's in Athens, maybe not out. If it's in a big city like Pittsburgh with a lot of other things going on, it doesn't happen until it's public record in terms of media reporting. Right.
2: And then even public record, it depends a little bit on the media in town, you know, and Rashad Weaver, that, that's a little bit of a distinctive name, you know? But if Fred Smith plays for your team, you know, does the person at the paper recognize the name? You know? But sometimes it's as simple as that. You know, if, if the quarterback's yeah. name is a recognizable name and he gets arrested, well, the, the police reporter at the paper good enough to recognize that name or not? You know, then it might last a couple more days.
1: Addison on Twitter's got another question. And, hey, keep the interaction coming on Twitter, at OutKick360. Can Paul say if the scout who had the weird vibes about Wilson – was one of the ones who knew about the Weaver incident, because if so, mm. Titans, please hire this person <laughs> and pay him whatever he wants. You could say that, Paul, because no one knows who they I are. I
2: could say he would be a very good hire, and I doubt he's available.
1: But you can't say that if he's also one of the three that knew about Weaver?
2: Unless yeah, I say better. Okay.
1: Bummer. Given away. Bummer. <laughs> we name names at times, but we don't name sources. That's the rule on this show.
0: David Reed would be a great hire. Yes, yeah. that's a, that's right. David. David. Where's
1: David? David. David. Where, where is it? My shoes, please. Yeah, Critique. Knew, and right. my sock combo. Come on. <laughs> socks are horrific. Horrific. <laughs> they are uh, fish on them, Paul. You'd like them. If these were on pants, you'd really... What are they? <laughs> it's
2: like F- fish. Sort of... Sharks. Look at those sharks teeth on, on those bad oh, boys. Oh, sharks,
1: yeah. No. yeah, yeah but sharks. they're
2: red. That's the fish. problem. Fish. <laughs> I mean, I don't like the fish, but I I definitely don't like the fish.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always got a weird color sock. No, he's a big sock guy.
2: Yeah. uh, Some people are watch
1: guys. I'm a sock guy. (laughs) Butch Jones, (laughs) a big watch guy. You know, he wore a different watch all the time. I like socks.
0: What's the most you've paid? We know how much. Paul has paid for underwear. How much would you be pay I- for not, socks?
1: I- I'm not buying like the tag Hugo. Hundred dollars for four
0: pair? No, I- oh. I'm not
1: spending that much money. It's more of a um, three shirts. pair I see a good, oh, sorry. if All I right. see a good four pack out, I'll and buy them. And a pair them. of socks. Yeah. But it's more of like a Christmas gift. That's would a good idea more? for family. Like always, buy me some crazy socks. Sometimes it's too crazy. I have, like, peanut butter and jelly socks that I never wear. <laughs> well, you, you I have, I have the... one that you've seen that are Superman yeah. socks that have a cape coming out
0: the <laughs> yeah, back. I've seen the that. red cape. Peanut I cut butter and jelly socks. This, yeah. this is a guy who would take you off the, off of his personal draft board for liking Pokemon.
2: Who <laughs> <laughs>
1: wears Superman socks. Look, if I showed up to a meeting wearing uh, peanut butter and jelly socks, I wouldn't draft me. <laughs> if I were a top prospect, I could have the arm of Aaron Rodgers, which some claim I do. Hey, guys, it's no. football. Nobody claims And then if I if met claims. with me with peanut butter and jelly socks I'd be like, pass. Can I get Hard this pass. camera? I got weird vibes from that guy. He really likes PB&J. Can I
2: get this camera? Nobody claims he has the arm of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Nobody. Even these very naive four-year-olds that are playing ball with Big Bad Chad. Nobody's ever oh, saying, I don't know. hey, Big Bad Chad has the, the, the arm of Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's saying.
1: If you want to... Aaron Rodgers simulation. You can get 10 years old and go catch a pass from me. That's the
2: simulation. No.
0: Hit us up on Twitter, at OutKick360. More from the Tennessee Power Hour straight ahead on the OutKick Network. It's the Tennessee Power Hour on OutKick360. The crew is all here today. Chad, what does the Tennessee Power Hour mean?
1: Tennessee Power Hour means that we are going to focus on the great state of Tennessee, the volunteer state, specifically Nashville and out. We're going to go with the Titans. We're going to go with the Tennessee Vols. We're going to mix in some Nashville Predators. We're going to mix in some Vanderbilt Commodores. Paul opposes talking about the Memphis Grizzlies or anything (laughs) in that terrible city, as Paul calls it. But everything else is fair game across the state. There'll be a Jersey retirement
0: coming up soon, though, Paul. Don't you worry.
2: Well, then I'll speak.
0: Uh, we will be, we're a little over a month away from the 360 Masters at Top Golf, all to benefit the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Tennessee you can sign up by going to our link tree uh, which is available at the top of our Twitter handles and uh, at the Outkick 360 Twitter handle page Uh, and you scroll down, just hit the Eventbrite link you can sign up there Uh, but we have bays available, just a handful left for the Outkick 360 Masters all to benefit Catfish Jake and uh, his team that's raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Again, this is coming up Thursday evening, June 10th, at Topgolf Nashville. All proceeds benefit LLS. And we hope you'll join us there. Again, for more information, hit us up on Twitter. It's also pinned. Reed has pinned this to the top of the Facebook page as well. Just search out Outkick 360. The Titans did not pick up, or will not pick up, the fifth-year option on Rashawn Evans, their former first-round pick uh, from 2018. No big surprise here. He's the 22nd overall selection. They're opting not to pick him up because, quite frankly, he's he's played more like a day-two or early day-three pick uh, than a round-one selection uh, where they got him. He is one of seven or eight players from the first round that... Teams around the league chose not, not, not to up. pick up the fifth year option for. And I found it interesting, and I'm blanking on the name. Uh, the offensive lineman who was linked to Vrabel from Ohio State uh, whenever Vrabel took over. I'll think of the name in a moment. Taylor Decker? No. no. Uh, a, a center. Um,
2: oh, Price? Offensive
0: guard. Billy Price. Yep. Billy Price and Leighton Vander Esch are also on this list.
2: Vander Esch from is on injury.
0: From that draft, we thoroughly dis- discussed Van Der Esch, and Evans, Billy and Billy Price was when we also discussed. So, well, Vanderesh is could a good say, player. You could say, "Oh, they shouldn't have drafted Rashawn Evans." Well, based on the discussion of players that we were looking at, the players that we were pinpointing to the Tennessee Titans in that draft in the first round wouldn't have had a fifth-year option either. Yeah,
2: Van Der Esch is a good player. He, he's got an injury problem, which that's you know, my point. You can't, yeah. can't and so foresee. is Billy Price. Yeah, and Billy Price. Um,
0: he was banged up and then couldn't make his way back to the, the starting lineup.
2: Yeah. Look, uh, Rashawn Evans is a big disappointment. I mean, he's a better athlete than than he plays. He's slow. He's
0: a good player, but he's not a great player. Yeah, he's not I a
2: first-round talent. He, he, he processes things slowly, he's got one really good element to his game, which is short yardage and goal line, which doesn't even come up in every game. You right. know? So you've got a first-round pick who's a goal-line short yardage specialist. I mean, this is another indictment of Robinson and Vrabel. You know, you shouldn't be going inside linebacker in the first round except once in every really once in a while, and that guy's got to be an extremely good player. And and they well, did not get an extremely Well, he's good
0: got – so to, to, I think to pick up a fifth-year option –
2: something like that. Guaranteed. And now, it guarantees the moment you exercise the option. I think you have to be... So, this is for 2022.
0: uh, You need, like, a Terrell Edmonds-type player... Game changer. ...to pick up a fifth-year option and negotiate a long-term deal, which Rosenhaus is saying that the Titans told him... That's all spin. ...that they... They're not picking up the fifth-year option, but they hope, they hope to negotiate a long-term deal prior to him becoming a free agent in 2022. Yeah, so which is why
2: they drafted uh, we'll throw that Monty out. Rice.
0: But, but my point is, for the position and the investment on the cap and everything, Like, I, I'm not expecting them to make the investment on inside linebacker. You would make the fifth-year option investment on tackle, on pass rush, on corner, on quarterback. Uh, you see what I'm saying? But this is two picks they made at positions
2: where you don't pay that kind of money. Right tackle and Jack Conklin which right tackle and left tackle are combined in the fifth year option number and so you knew Jack Conklin's number was going to wind up being huge and you don't want to pay that kind of money to your right tackle when you've got a high priced left tackle so that's a thing where the fifth year option becomes unlikely even if you're very good and then Conklin had injury issues and now a second spot where you don't want to pay that kind of price tag for an inside linebacker unless he's transcendent. And he's not close to transcendent. No. So this is bad roster planning. Even if he was good, and he's not good. So it's bad talent identification. No, he's It's bad good. roster he, planning.
0: Great. He's he, a good player. He's not a first-round talent. Jayon Brown is a good player. Yes. Uh, so, But the value is viewed differently with Jayon Brown, right. based on where they drafted him.
2: Exactly. Jayon Brown's a find in the fifth round. Rashawn Evans would have been a find in the fifth round. <laughs> but he's, he, well, I mean, he was not going to be a fifth round. And They traded right. up to get him in right. front of New England. Like, it would be great if he was on New England. You
1: had the numbers of the teams that didn't exercise the fifth-year option, right? I've got said, them. Hang on, i pull them up. It's a small percentage of the league. Yes. And the Titans, once again, find themselves in, in that, a small percentage of the league you don't want to be in. That, that's, the, that's the main issue. That's not the part of the league you want to be. You want to be in the, the camp of your first-round picks are great. So here's They're the players. They're impact players, and you
0: exercise And that they've option.
2: not done it once. They've done it once. They exercised the Dory Jackson last year, and then they cut him when you could still cut the last year where you could cut a guy so without it having been It's guaranteed.
0: actually more than I – because Josh Rosen is of this draft, and he, he was cut from his contract. So
2: that eliminates uh,
0: So there's Leighton Vander Billy Price, Rashawn Evans, Hayden Hurst in Atlanta, Rashad Penny. Um, let's it's see, good. Terrell Edmonds, Taven Bryan, Mike Hughes, Sonny Michelle. That's the group for the 2018 draft that did not have their fifth-year option picked up by their team. Um, it, the, the trend here is you're not getting a fifth-year if you're a first-round pick. Um, here being in Nashville, based on what we've seen from... From the right. We've
2: yet to see it happen with a great player. Exactly. Let we me haven't ask this seen question. A great is
0: that because this is a
1: this is a mindset of the organization that we're not giving the fifth year no. option? Or is it so. a we've yet to draft we have not drafted well in the first round?
2: Not well enough. The good test case would have been Corey Davis if Corey Davis had played like he played in his final year a year earlier. Uh, then we would have known. But they had no reason to do Corey Davis, and that number's gigantic, but they had no reason to exercise Corey Davis' fifth-year option based on his third year, and you're making a decision off the third year. Paul, right now give a prediction on Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons will get it exercised.
1: As of now, yeah. That's good news. Yes. I I, I see that as good news if that happens.
2: That's progress, forward progress. And Jeffrey Simmons, if he continues to progress, will uh, get a second contract. Which I also, is real progress.
0: I also heard—I can't remember—I heard this. Someone said that the, the the Titans found a loophole in the rule with Odori Jackson, uh, and the NFL changed that loophole much like they did how they <laughs> how they ran clock in New England.
2: No, uh, which is a joke.
0: Uh, the, the The new CBA uh, mandates that if you pick up a fifth year option after the 2017 draft, which is the last draft where a team could do this, prior to the. The 2018 draft for Sean Evans is a part of this. This is the first group that is, is a part of it. If you pick up the fifth year option on 2018 and beyond, it's guaranteed. The well, fifth year is guaranteed. The moment you
2: exercise it.
0: Um, prior to that, you could pick up the fifth year option and then cut that player.
2: It didn't guarantee until the start of the league year in Which question. Which is what
0: the Titans did with the Dory And they cut Jackson. him
2: just before that league year started. So it they, wasn't a loophole.
0: It was not a loophole. It it's the rule. It did lead
2: to a question about why you wouldn't um, exercise that, that option to give yourself the possibility if the guy had a great – like with Corey Davis, you could have exercised that option and said, well, if he has a great season, we can reassess it after that great season. Now, the number was still too big. It was a bigger number than what he got from the Jets.
0: Um, um, the, let me just, while we're talking Evans briefly, could he be a trade option?
2: Uh, you know, just
0: for cap purposes, could you trade him for for a player in return? Could you trade him for a tight end um, instead of having to go sign a tight end? Could you? Is there a way to maneuver cap number there, or can you get a future draft pick? I do who's, who's loving it. Uh, maybe Dean Pease in Atlanta. Again, I'm just I'm just throwing out yeah. who would.
2: I don't think he has a lot of value. So, uh, I mean, if you're really in love with Monty Rice and you're ready to go forward and you think he doesn't need a year of seasoning, if you get something for him, I wouldn't be averse to it. I just don't think he has a, a great deal of value. I mean, I saw Titans fans, of course, throwing out, you know, Dean Pease is going to love him, so trade him for Julio Jones. That's <laughs> Him in a second for Julio Jones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It, 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 it would be a second and Rashawn, <laughs> right, Evans, Rashawn, it's Evans, Rashawn Evans, uh, Evans. It's not Rashawn Evans in a second. Right.
2: Rashawn yeah. Evans is a throw-in in that game. <laughs> Yeah, But the Titans fans, are more than anybody in the country, I think, are just into trading their trash for treasure. Uh, According to
0: NFL Update on Twitter, the Titans have $5 million in salary cap space.
2: Now, are they accounting for the rookie pool or no?
0: It just says numbers to change as signings, cuts, and restructures occur is all it says. And it's updated as of today, May the 4th. Um, so anyway, I, I found that number to be a bit low compared to where it would normally be this time of year based on the rookie pool that you're due. But once you, uh, the 5 million, once you get past your rookie pool, Paul, aren't you pretty much done? And that's why you have to be creative with, I mean, they, they need another tight end, uh, Maybe they're I, I, we think they're okay at receiver after the draft, but it doesn't look great with their depth chart at receiver. Um, so I, I think we could see some more roster maneuvering with some veterans. That's why I bring up Evans.
2: Well, the one telling thing that was said about tight end, Robinson said that he's been approached by some teams with about tight ends on their rosters. Hearst. You know, Hayden maybe Hurst in could Atlanta could be one of those guys. In- I know, Gakwe, would you do a swap for in- those two? In Gakwe, fourth uh, a
0: fourth year for a fourth year guy.
2: Yeah. In Gakwe's the wrong name. Who am I thinking of in Cleveland? Um, Ngoku.
0: Goku. Oh, it, yeah. In Joku. Joku. Yeah.
2: Uh I think Zach Ertz maybe if Zach Ertz mentioned. has trouble staying healthy. A healthy Zach Ertz would be great, but I don't know what how many games you're getting out of him.
0: Reports were they were asking for a third for him in the draft and couldn't get it.
2: There's a big push from Titans fan site in Nashville about Delaney Walker. Look, they were done with Delaney Walker two years ago when he had trouble staying on the field. The guys don't disappear from the league for a year at thirty seven and resurface you got to get the sentiment, squeeze the sentiment out of you. 31 teams aren't looking at him. The Titans who cut him are not going to be looking at him. If they're bringing back a former Titan, it's Michael Pruitt. Delaney Walker's not resurfacing in the league. He's not resurfacing in Tennessee.
1: So, guys, a common complaint that we get from people from time to time is, you're just so negative, right? You're just So just so negative. When we come back, Tennessee Athletic Director Danny White talked about negativity In the Tennessee fan base. And I I have some thoughts. Oh, I can't wait.
0: That is straight ahead on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 live from Studio G in Nashville, Tennessee. Blackbird Studio and the Blackbird Academy. Theblackbirdacademy.com. The website to go check out if you're interested in making this a career. There's someone on YouTube that's battling David Reed, saying that Reed couldn't come do his job. Let me tell you something. If you work here, uh, you're going to be able to do the job by going to theblackbirdacademy.com, where you can become a pro in studio engineering, audio engineering. If you want to do this in studio or on the road, this is the place right here in Music City. Theblackbirdacademy.com for more Information you see all the details there, plenty of videos, tutorials, and much more available at the website. Uh, remind me, guys, before we sign off for the day. Uh, Paul mentioned Isaiah Wilson to Chad earlier. I I will put the ball in the tee that uh, with a topic that will make Paul oh, very upset. Oh come
2: on! I've already had a day. By oh, the
0: way, <laughs> this is something you'll appreciate. I think. Oh okay. Yeah. By the way, I'm, uh, these
2: guys are laughing at me.
1: I'm thrilled that the guy that Reed was arguing with referred to us as the media elite, because I've never been described as elite in anything. So
2: <laughs> thank you. Uh, elite in your torso to leg uh, yeah. mismatch.
1: A- elite torso length. <laughs> he is <what> said something <laughs> to, to the one. effect
0: of, it, "The media elite always argue about doing all these jobs when they couldn't do the job, or uh, it, my it, job, or my job, or whatever." And, and then, then Reid said, asked, "What's your job?" Yeah. So what's your job? He said that's confidential. But <laughs> Well, no. If you're going to claim that, we're just going to assume you're sitting in your mom's basement typing on a computer. Which I could do. Uh, Unless unless you
1: are literally right now running operatives in Russia or China as a part of the Central Intelligence Agency, your job is in fact not confidential. <laughs> you can tell us exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And I'd seriously doubt that's your job if you're watching us and chiming in on the yeah. YouTube page right now. Yeah. So it's not confidential. Uh, his monitoring tell us, us what you do, then we'll make fun of it. His monitoring okay, uh, <laughs> We'll wait, make wait, fun. Wait, no, we won't do
0: that. Uh, so we know what Danny We White's respect doing. your
1: job, we promise.
0: Danny White is not liking the negativity of the Vol fan. I
1: respect Danny White's job. <laughs> I respect it. He's got a big job ahead of him. <laughs> He's got a tough one. Big, big job ahead of him as Tennessee's athletic director. But he took on that challenge, and he was at a good job. And he left a good job to be the AD at Tennessee. This was his quote to Brent Hubbs and VolQuest.com. One of the things I've noticed is a challenge, and I knew about it coming in, but it's probably a new challenge for me, is some of the negativity of our fan base. I think some of that is probably bred from the fact that in a broad base, we are not asking them to be participants. Now, what he's talking about being participants is this huge plan he has to get more donors. Not necessarily huge donors, but have a lot more people involved in fundraising and donating, so we want you to help out. We want you to feel like you're involved in it, that you're a part of it. The wins and losses are yours, too. Well, if I'm involved in it, I want more. Exactly. So this is my reaction to it. He's not wrong. There's nothing he's saying is wrong. Negativity is a problem. But negativity is a problem because the football program has been bad for 10 years. And fans have watched administrators and coaches make poor decisions that have put Tennessee in this spot. It's a lot of their own doing. So of course there's negativity because fans are looking around just like the guy said to read in the YouTube page. Everyone wants to say they could do a better job and they couldn't do my job. I'm telling you, there are a bunch of Tennessee fans who could have done a better job running that athletic program or running football programs than what's been done at Tennessee for the last 10 to 12 years. Yeah. So the negativity is real, but the negativity is justified also at Tennessee. I, I think that You want a little more negativity right now than acceptance. What I mean by that is if the fans are negative, at least they believe they, they can be more, that this program should be more. And I'm talking about football. Basketball's in good shape, everyone say. If you follow baseball, baseball team right now is playing, they're tied for the SEC lead with Vandy. No one saw that coming. In good shape. Football program, though, is what Tennessee fans hang their hat on. They want football to be better. You don't want acceptance to set in. What I mean by that is, if Tennessee fans get to the point of acceptance and say, this is what we are forever, we're never going to be good again, we're a a cellar dweller in the SEC or mediocre at best, that's not what you want if you're Danny White. So, again, Danny White, what he said about negativity, spot on. I like that Danny White is honest. He won't hold back. He'll tell you what he thinks. The only way, though, Danny boy, to solve that, I'm not talking to sleepy Dan right now. This Dan no, has a good, lot of energy. He's asleep. This this dan this Dan has a lot of energy and doesn't sleep a lot. <laughs> Turn it around. Make make good moves, make good hires, make good decisions, win some football games, and that negativity will be washed away. Here's you watch how fast Tennessee fans come back to positivity if they have something positive to watch.
2: Here's my question and my concern. Is he a little naive here? As a guy who was able to declare his team national champion and have Central Florida throw, I'm talking the region, not the school, throw a parade and buy into the idea that, yes, they were the best school in the country despite the actual national championship having a loss and his school not having a loss. And people buy into this enthusiastically and have no negativity Is he expecting to be able to do things like that at the University of Tennessee? Because if he is, he's going to be in for a big shock. Now, his brother's a big-time guy at a big-time school, and I would think he's in touch with the realities of a big-time Division I program and not detached into the, quite frankly, Disneyland, Disney World-type environment he came from.
1: So I think naive is the wrong word, Paul. I will say he lacks experience when it comes to this. And here's what I mean. He lacks the experience of what Tennessee fans have experienced the last 12 years. He has not lived that reality. So you walk into a situation, you walk into a room where people have been sitting in 100-degree heat, working side-by-side for four hours, that room is not going to be in as good a mood as you're in when you come in from the air conditioning. Well, Danny White just walked into the damn furnace, of tennessee fans and they're sitting there sweating pissed off saying why can't things be better and he's like what do you mean things are great life is good you got a big brand big uh, endowment you know lots of fans this is awesome so i think that that lack of experience also i think danny white's a great hire and i i, I believe he's going to do a good job at tennessee he's never done a job like this he took over at buffalo and ucf where they had nothing he started from ground zero and built up an athletic department they don't have history at those schools He's created history. He created a sideshow, a scene everywhere. Buffalo, they had Momentum. concerts where they had tailgates. You know, he brought people in. He created Circuses. everything from the ground up. He's now coming into a place that has a lot of history, I, but now the program is damaged, and he has to resuscitate that history Different job. and revive, revive. a huge fan base that right now is getting I, closer and closer to acceptance,
0: I which is that. not good. But that's also really puzzling to me. Why Josh Heupel has been so quiet in that regard to create and manufacture buzz and momentum? I don't think I, I'll, I'll say this, I, I think it's smart of him not to do this right now.
1: I mean, he's um, almost been Jerry Stackhouse silent. I, I mean, he's he's done interviews. I, I wouldn't say that much. He, he's and he's going to join our show next. No, week I'm also. I'm
0: saying uh, up until the spring game. Like there there was just kind of yeah, we're doing a spring game and. We're going to have some coverage with the, the media members that are out there. But I, I, the, the whole negativity aspect, to me, you have to approach that with just spinning it with, here's the new regime, and this is the new Tennessee. And you've even said that they need some of that.
1: Well, they need some buzz, but I also don't think that manufacturing buzz this offseason is going to pay off because if they go out and look bad against Bowling Green and Pittsburgh, I, it's not going to matter. So... I don't – I'll say it this way. Could Josh Heupel do more? Could they be doing more to try to generate excitement? Yes, I think they could. I think they've taken some really good steps by some of the players. Not just trying to bring back players. Everyone tries to bring back alums when they get sure. there and get them involved. But getting Alvin Kamara back, for instance, that's, that's big. Yep. He hasn't been back since he left. Right. And he helped convince Jawan Mitchell, who Tennessee just signed yesterday from Texas, yep. who was their leading tackler, to transfer. Because he talked about they play the same junior college, Butler Community College, and Kamara at the spring game had a chance to sit him down and talk to him about making that transition to Tennessee. Um, but bottom line is, Tennessee fans don't want to hear a Butch Jones hype train. They're, they're still sour about that. What they want is results on the field. So I'm not sure any level of effort he can make right now to generate buzz. I don't know if it would pay off because I think people would be skeptical until they see it.
0: I just, I, I, think you have to see some unbounding energy from that program, and I'm not saying the fake Butch Jones-esque brick by brick mantras. Like, I'm not saying slogans. I'm just, they they're to me, it's just kind of very flat line, right well, now. I think here's what
1: he's trying to sell.
0: Very even. The, I want, I want, I want to see the, I, I, the I think jolt.
1: this is what they're trying to sell. The boost. It's fun. Football is fun here. Come here, it's fun. We've got food trucks. We've got music at practice. We're playing fast. Well, that's good for the we're getting, kids. We're getting excited, but uh, well, it hasn't but, spilled over. But Danny the
0: White, you know, Danny White's been it's fundraising. Not going to. That's what Danny White's been doing. He's yeah. been fundraising. Yeah.
1: Well, he's also been but, in COVID protocols until he just got his second vaccination. Yeah, that's all. So now he can the get game, out. That's and about. all fair
0: too. Um, but for, for the discussion of well, we see too much negativity.
1: Well, give us something else. That's my point is I think what Danny White is saying is right. I think he has the right to say it. I'm not mad at him for saying it. But I also look back at Danny White and think, well, duh. Right. Of course the fans are negative. What, what would you expect with what they've lived through? And, oh, by the way, there's an NCAA investigation going on. That too. Right now yeah. into the football program. You want, to, you want everybody to be positive about that? Yeah.
0: We will get more in-depth with all of this uh, on Friday with the Quest Hour with Brent Hubs and Austin Price. Paul, as we wrap uh, up, we as we wrap up, this is, I mean, you're, you're going to love this, uh, I, I think. I want it. you look into this camera and right there. describe your thoughts on the Houston Astros returning to Yankee Stadium for the first time since they completely cheated and screwed your team out of a
2: championship. Well, I predict that the fans at Yankee Stadium will be lathered up. <laughs> Lathered the F up. <laughs> and, um, Put that and, on a T-shirt. <laughs> and, and that's going to be fun to watch. I wish there were more of them there. Yeah. Uh, but let me tell you this. It's been a long time for the Astros. They got uh, bailed out somewhat by yes, COVID and empty stadiums and stuff. Yankee fans don't forget. <laughs> They're going to be garbage cans banged. <laughs> there's going to be noise made there's going to be reminders offered and I hope that the Yankees who got off the schneid against the terrible Detroit Tigers are able to sustain some of that good baseball <laughs> the Tigers struck out Chad something like 53% of the outs in the Yankees-Tigers series were strikeouts
0: <laughs> I wish they would have saved their baseballs for tonight Yeah, throwing those on the on the field tonight
2: Aaron Judge hitting some home runs he's probably got some tightness I was yeah, about to say that soreness is going to set in any minute now <laughs>
1: Too many home runs. Sore again. Lower body soreness. Out for a week.
2: Yeah, I'm sure young Simon Kuharski's baseballs rained out tonight, which will enable me to watch some of this. And I wouldn't mind a few hit by pitches, quite frankly. Just keep it, you know, below the the clavicle.
0: Uh, meanwhile, as we wrap up, I would also say you can go follow Chad on Twitter at the Chad Withrow, where he's being accused of poking the bear for simply admitting that we're uh, he's thankful and, and I am too to work for a company that. You know, we're not called into the office to discuss, uh, you know, what we what we said bad about the Tennessee Titans today.
1: I, I don't think I said anything. First off, if this is your definition of poking the bear, you've never really experienced someone truly poke the bear, because what I've been saying on Twitter is pretty tame, and it's also pretty logical. to Understand that what we give you on this show is an honest assessment. That's not biased at all. We're not hearing from a professional team in town yeah, we don't have to because worry about, we have no paid relationship. We don't have to worry about Gil, Gil Beverly professional calling team. Our boss. Yes, we don't have to worry about anyone in any organization calling our boss or calling us to tell us what to say. Uh, I don't think that's uh, very difficult for people to figure out Listen, that we're giving you honesty.
2: We'll end it right here. There's a guy on. I think he's going off the air right now. He said we and our for three hours in a discussion of the Titans. We and our. If you want we and our, we're not your people because they're not ours. Period. They weren't when we were there and they sure as hell aren't while we're here. But that's not my team. It's a team I write about and talk about.
1: Period. But to our viewers, you are ours. ours. <laughs> yes. And we are yours. Let's open our hearts to each other. Let's embrace each
0: other. Full hug. There, All together as one. Bang bang. Well, there was also a time where there was uh, there was also a time where there was a, a gentleman, a gentleman.
2: Lady uh, or gentleman? Uh, a,
0: a a young man <laughs> who thought that Paul Koharski's home was ours. Because the door was unlocked. And to that, Paul gives this message.
2: Stay the hell out of my house. (laughs) You and everybody on Dad's Acid or anybody's Acid. So I'll say it backwards. Lock the locks. But don't block the damn box.